pop tart, strawberry. Classic. It's good one. With no that's, frosting. Look at you. That's not the best kind though. The best kind. Yeah. Are the brown sugar. Um. You know what? They're a little bit too sweet for me. Well, I can only do one now. I used to be able to do a pack. If, if I have one, it's a nice little treat. Mm-hmm. How can you have just one? Because he's right. It's too sweet. It starts to, you know. Ray, you haven't hit 50 yet. See, Philip's 50. No, yeah, Philip's 50 in mind and spirit, not in body. But So he gets it. That's right, I do. That's right, Ray. You're still eating all those sugary cereals and trying to get other people to eat them, too. <laughs> hey, you got some in your in your cupboard. Some I, uh, some I do. Berries. I do. I gotta go get some Lucky Charms though. I've been on a Lucky Charms. Uh, I've been craving Lucky Charms lately. <laughs> I've never been on the Lucky Lucky Charms train. Oh, I, love them. I like them. I don't love them, but I do like them. I get in little little seasons. You guys want to see my sad cereal situation? Sure do. Let me see. He probably got like some mucilage. He's got that mucilic stuff. Oh, that's gross. I hope, I hope you're wrong with that, Rob. Great nuts. What in the world? That didn't look bad. Peanut butter, anything is pretty good. Wonder Works keto friendly cereal. 19 grams of protein. Yeah, but I don't want to know what kind of protein that is, so I'm good. Yeah, it came from pig carcasses. That's probably, yeah. Mm. How else do you guys think I got so muscular? Oh, sure, it's working. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Second Take at Eastlake, a podcast of Eastlake Community Church in Irmo, South Carolina. You are invited to join us any Sunday at 9 or 11. Do you guys want to play a game with the three of us? I don't know. Let's play the game where, what is Michelle doing right now? I hope she's doing nothing. That's not happening. You know what I mean. Let's guess what what Michelle's doing right now. So by the way, if our listeners know... Michelle's on a vacation. What's she doing? She's gardening. I think she's floating in the pool. She doesn't do a lot of that, but you might be I right. Think you need to lob something over her fence. Should we text her and say, where are you at for the podcast? You know what? I'm going to call her. Oh, Why? but before you call her. Let's Let her take, be off, right? Let's let's take Let guesses of what she's doing. I'll pull her back in, man. Let her be off. No. My guess, my let's guess is. Okay. I'm gonna go on record right now. When I'm not working, do not call me during podcasts. I don't care what you're doing in podcast. She's not on the podcast. We're just asking no, what is she doing. But I'm telling you, when I'm off and you're on podcast, I don't want you interrupting my life. We're not calling Rob. But we have a game going. We need to know what Michelle's doing right now. We'll call you, Rob. I'm guessing she's cleaning up after the podcast. We're in the middle of a podcast, and we just played a game wanting to know what is Michelle doing right now? So what are you doing right now? She's laughing. Hold on. Just a second. 
Michelle, 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 I was not in favor of calling you in your time yeah, off. Muting Rob, I'm muting Rob. So here's what I'm doing. I'm at Lowe's buying cedar to finish off the first row of my garden boxes. And I even have witnesses because I just ran into Lynn and Dave Hall. All right. Hey, by the way, tell Dave Hall, good looking at uh, Costco, because I saw him at Costco. He didn't see me. Okay, I don't know if I'll see them, but they said they were going to Walmart, and I'm going there next, so there you go. All right, well, this woman continue is off. to enjoy your day off. I mean, you're be off. off. <laughs> you too. All right, I'm not off, though. That's the deal. I'm not off. Oh, I'll enjoy the podcast. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Let her be off. Rob, no shall be known. I'm off. I'm off. I can't even tell everybody that Rob's yelling that she's off because Rob's been yelling that she's off for the last five minutes. We get it, Rob. I muted Rob. I literally muted. I'm just like, Ray, you tell us to take our time off. Don't interrupt it. We needed to know. You know what? It's like, we're the brothers and we can't help it. We can't leave her alone. Oh, well. She's still off. Yeah, she's still off. So guess what? She is gardening, which means Rob was right. I'm happy I'm right, but I wish we hadn't interrupted her time off. <laughs> oh, man. All right, good talk. A party pooper. <laughs> so before we... um get into the meat of it i thought it would be fun to give a um non-spoiler alert um non-spoiler but a quick movie review of guardians of the galaxy mm. oh. well philip has seen it so he's going later this week because it's his birthday this week mm -hmm. here's what i tell you it is the best guardians of the galaxy to date rob is going to take it a step further but it's still in the same universe um it's every bit of two and a half hours plus 30 minutes of previews you could kind of skip out on some previews if that's not really important to you but here's what i'm gonna tell you the movie is every bit of two two hours and 30 minutes and it's worth every minute of that two hours and 30 minutes i gotta go you gotta go. You gotta did you, go. Did, okay, Rob, did you cry in the movie? Of course I did. Um, but here's what I'm going to say. Ray's right. I'm going to take it one step further than he did along the same lines that he did. I think it's the best use of the Guardians characters in all of the movies they appeared in. Meaning, I think that they, not that the movies are necessarily worse, but the utilization of these characters is better than even it was in end game and all of that wow well yeah, i cry in movies and i'm planning on crying when i watch this you'll cry i'll cry you'll cry the biggest there are two endings there are two endings so do not leave don't be that person oh really i love it that song has relevance again. That's all I'm going to say. I can't wait. That's going to be a lot of fun. So 
All right. So let's get into, I'm almost done eating my cereal, but I didn't have time to eat lunch today. But, but, so let's do this. Let's talk about the sermon, uh, sermon that we're, we just wrapped up. We're in the series When Helping Hurts, in case you guys didn't know. Yeah. Oh, what's Zesto? Yeah, I, I can't agree with you, Ray. I've done it. I, I must have had a bad day. And dude, that chicken on that Zesto's in West Columbia today? What kind of was doing a good job? I want to be there, Ray. I want to be in that place with you, but I can't. I didn't say I was the best. I didn't say that. I this is good. Right. This is what it's like when the brothers get together and the sister's not around. We can talk about bro stuff. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this. Let's get into this series. So, Ray, one of the things that um, that we talked about that we wanted to kind of speak of in this podcast was, why was this message specifically compared to the others? Why was this one so important? Why was it important to... And by the way, what was this message topic? It was... The poverty. problem with privilege and poverty. The problem with privilege and poverty. But why this one out of all the other ones, did this one stand out to you? Or why did you feel like God had you teaching it? Or uh, just speak a little bit about that. Sure. Well, uh, Michelle did a great job of laying the foundation for the, the why behind uh, why we're doing the series, why we feel it's a part of our core curriculum, and why we want to make sure that we are doing this every two years or so to make sure our people get brought up to speed, old as well as newcomers, of why we serve the way we do. Why do we have the care process outlined the way that we do? Because we've done our homework as it relates to helping people and hurting them in the past, not intentionally, but just in ignorance. And so why continue to be ignorant? And so then we wanted to talk about who are I mean, who, who, what is poverty? Rob talked about what, what exactly is poverty. We need to understand that poverty exists more than just material because that's how we tend to think about it. The lack of stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, they don't have what I have. Is much larger than it. Right. And so last week, I want to talk about who are the poor. Rob did a great job on his message and even gave us a, a chosen clip where Jesus confronts the religious orders as he often does, because he's the one, those are the people he has the most issues with. It's not the common folk, it's the religious people that think they know everything. And so therefore he calls them out to say that they are spiritually poor and they found high offense with that. And I wanted to then tie that together to talk about, hey, we are them. Mm -hmm. we, we are them. Whether you wanna say you're, you think you, because you were raised in church that you know all the stuff or that you are them in the sense that you have a lot of privilege. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you don't, you know, like I said, church is an option for you. You don't see the need to come every Sunday. You don't see the need to be in a Bible study. You don't see the need to send your kids to youth group on a weekly basis. All those things are options to you. And that is, if not the clearest sign of your privilege and your poverty, then I can't. Jesus says it in the chosen clip. If you can't accept my salvation that I offer you, 
There is no hope for you. Yep. And that Nobody. ties into us. Oh, sorry. sorry no, you I go think, first, I Rob. I think I've got a little lag, so I might be putting my camera off here in a minute. But, um, and I think, Ray, it, further answering Philip's question is when we look at what helping hurts as a, as a body, as a staff, as elders, as everyone, one of the things we want to make sure we do is define those terms well so that we can look in the mirror and know if what we're doing is helpful or not. And, and that starts with a self-assessment of making sure we know where we're poor. Because if I know where I'm poor, and, and, and I'm blessed now, I used to be poor in finance, um, but just by living a smart, frugal life, uh, my kids don't have to experience that. But we can become time poor and pride poor is what we call it when we talk about it. And what I mean by that is you get so prideful that your humility oh. goes away. Um, yeah. and if I can assess those things well, then when I'm helping people, whatever that looks like, I'm helping from a place of humble submission to God, not a better than you scenario. And, and that's why it is so pivotal that we understand what Ray was telling us this week and what I said last week, the week before that, because if we can define those things well, we can actually be um, instruments of the kingdom instead of instruments of our own ego. Mm -hmm. Because when you, let's just say, let's just create an example out of the air. Let's say we're going downtown to serve food at one of the kitchens to homeless people. If your motive um, for going downtown to serve homeless people in some kitchen is that you genuinely feel like they don't have what you have and you are just gonna, you're gonna kind of be the hero. I'm gonna go be a hero today and make sure I got some good notches in my belt of like me being a good person. So here we go, I'm gonna go serve these people. You're gonna miss the point. What it basically is what you guys are saying. So the goal would be that you would say, I want to invest in these people's lives. I want to get to know, I want to go downtown. I want to get to know somebody. I want to hear their story. I want to know about them. It's not, I just want to give to them because that solves nothing. They'll be, they're just looking, then they're just getting another handout. Were you going to say something, Rob? Well, no, I was just leaning in because that was so, I love what you were saying because it goes along with what I said two weeks ago when I said really what our motive should be is to look someone in the eye and say, I see you mm. and you matter. Mm -hmm. um, not see me here, I matter, which is not, I did not say that a couple weeks ago, but I said the first part of it. I want to go into all of the places I go to say to people, I see you and you matter. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you contribute to me just by existing. Yeah. Meaning that I can learn from you too. So that was all. I just. Yeah. It's so great, but it's much easier, at least to me, it seems a lot easier to go down town and serve. And I'm just using a kitchen as an example and go home and be like, I did it. I did good. I'm like I'm good for a couple months, probably. I mean, because I'm the guy that goes downtown and look at what I did. You know, that's the kind of person I am. Nobody says that out loud, but subconsciously we can think like that and think like, yeah, I'm the one that on my birthday, I chose to go serve downtown or whatever, as opposed to, I know people, I see people, I learn their story. I'm invested in their lives. And, um, I don't know. It, and so that has, how does that have to do with poverty that realizing that you're not the hero? Yeah. When Rob gave that example of them doing that on a missions trip some time ago, 
where it, the best thing that happened was that they spent time with mm -hmm. um, a person that happened to be homeless. It reminded me of the years of investment my family had decided to make when we were in Missouri on Christmas morning, we would go to a church that wasn't our church to serve a community of people that was primarily refugees and, and other uh, people that happened to be homeless. And I'm talking about they got to know my kid. They The first time they encountered Trey, who's 20 now, he was three years old and he was down there. We were there as a family. He was reading books to the other kids that that happened to be homeless. And so each year we would see some of the same people and they would ask whenever one of my kids had reached an age where they were working, but they weren't able to be there, which was few, they knew their names. We knew their names. And we, we, we longed to be able to do that, just to have life with. They expected us to be there and we expected to see some of them. Now, some of them were no longer homeless, but they still came because this was family to them. And when we moved here in 2019, well, 2018, we tried to do that downtown and we had a horrible experience. And it was because, it was for this reason, they told us, you cannot fraternize with the people we're serving. Just give them their food and let them go. We never went back. Yeah. Because that, that's dehumanizing to shove a plate of food in front of somebody, especially on a holiday when mm. people are gathering with friends and family and you're telling us, we don't want you talking to them. Mm -hmm. Now, it's, to me, and, and, and I'm not going to judge them. They probably, there's reasons we might not be aware of. There's all these things, but, but, you know, it's like, we're getting ready to go on this student mission trip. And, and, and one of the things that I got, uh, in the mail today, or in an email today, was our assignments for the trip. Now, I have stayed out of that, even though usually when I'm not a participant because of my role in lead, I help with that. I have not wanted to be in that because we're going to benefit from wherever we serve. And I was like, I want you to pick without And the reason I'm saying this is what you just shared, Ray. I got so excited because there's two days we're going to be with our main ministry partner. We're painting a house, and here comes the one that I'm looking forward to. And if you've heard me preach, you'll know it's a, it's a group called Pain Reliever Church, and it's named after this guy. This guy, and then it's there's a lot that goes into it. We're doing homeless ministry in between the interstates, not on the interstates, but in the underneath of the interstates for a full day, where we're going to wander wander out with very good supervision, great relationships to to minister to these homeless people in this encampment. What I love about it is it's the exact opposite of what you're talking about. In the email, my friend Matt says, hey, do you remember the Rev? He's still there. He asked if you were bringing a group back. Hmm. And it's a guy, he used to be a pastor, very complicated story, but, but lives in this homeless camp. It still does. I haven't been back in five years. He asked Matt if I was bringing a group back, and he asked for me by name. Hmm. Because the two years I did go, I camped out at that man's tent and sat and we traded life stories. And for me, that comes from exactly with what Ray was talking about. Me coming from my background and being able to put myself in a posture of not being better than this man who's living in a tent year round, 
in a cold climate for a lot of reasons and being able to put myself in a posture of what can he teach me? Mm-hmm. And that's what Ray preached on this week was when we recognize the poverty in ourselves, we go to the homeless, you know, soup kitchens and, and places like that. And we build relationships. We don't just hand them food. We go to the tent side of a homeless person in a safe environment with a partnered ministry and sit and trade life stories. And all of a sudden the gospel begins to spread because we've helped by putting ourselves in a position of learning and service. And, and I think for me, that's the big takeaway is when we position ourselves as learning servers, we make a difference, whether it's our neighbor, a homeless guy, someone in Rwanda, someone in Belize, all the places that we partner, that's how we do it. Yeah. So humility is like the core of all of it. Like if, if Ray was getting to something on Sunday, it was humility has got to be there. You can't, you got to get off your high horse. Um, so let's just say, so it's really easy to say, oh, the soup kitchen or the whatever downtown or these things. Let's just talk a little bit about um, people in our everyday lives. How does this translate into that? So a coworker or a neighbor or just a genuine best friend, because um, we want to help everybody. How does that how does that translate? I have a coworker who has um, some def- defects in that they like to. Um, I have two of them actually, three maybe. They like to work. They like to uh, root for the Dallas Cowboys. And <laughs> what I've done instead of always pan- hammering on that, I've taken the time to build relationships. <laughs> you show the error of their ways through logical. No, I'm kidding. But but it is really as simple as that. It's figuring out what somebody's all about and building mm-hmm. a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be funny, but. Yeah. yeah. You sure. know, uh, one of the other privileges that we have as pastors, we get to do life for people. We get to do life with people, not for people. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when, when they are open and honest, it creates a space for us to be the same. And so from time to time, we will happen upon individuals that are struggling in their marriage. Well, in, instead of thinking of them like, oh, you're stupid, or, you know, we just, we're going to send you to counseling. We don't do that. We, first of all, in, in our care process, what we want to do is establish a relationship with you. So if, you know, if Dick and Jane happen to be at, you know, East Lake this past Sunday, and they heard that we have something called marriage mentors. Well, we want them to meet with us first. So we can get to know them. And then we get to determine together, is marriage mentors really what you want? Or do you need actual marriage counseling? And sometimes it doesn't, it, it, you can't just do that in one visit. You have to have two. The point is, is that whatever it is, however we're trying to serve the people that have been entrusted to us, our number one goal is to establish a relationship with you first. And this also works the same when it's people that aren't at Eastlake. We get calls daily from people that are not attenders or even visitors at Eastlake, but they heard that we like to help or we are in a position to be able to help our community. And there are guidelines to that. So we're just not, we're not handing out checks and money just not flying out the door, but we want to establish a relationship with you to find out exactly what is it that you are in need of because paying your bill today may not solve the problem 
tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you only get to the root of that through relationship. True. I've noticed it. Um, my parents, my not my parents, my kids are getting older now. And I feel like as um, kids turn into teenagers, most people, as they get older, they get more and more strict. Ah, they're getting, you know, they're turning into teenagers. They get more and more strict. Some advice somebody gave me, yeah, is be more strict when they're younger. As they get older, give them more freedom, right? Um, but an interesting thing about having teenagers is we have a lot of people in our lives that have younger kids. And at first, it's really easy um, when they're asking for advice or just when you're living in relationship with them to think, man, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't let them to get away. I'm, you know, in my house, that wouldn't fly and this and that and this and that. It's a very arrogant way to think. And uh, one of the things that we've started saying is, you know what? Like, let, let's, let's, you know, let's just get to know them and their relationship and why they do what they do and how and, and the why behind the way they're raising kids and doing different things. And what you discover is there's actually sometimes things you can learn from them. Um, yeah. And it's different and it's good. Um, it's just not the way that you did it. And so I don't know, it's really easy. I only say that because I'm, I wanted to kind of get out of the just serving on a mission trip into just right. the relationships that we have every day. Well, and let's remember, we're on a mission trip every day when we walk out of our house. Exactly. Know? Yeah. We don't think that way in the Western church. They do more in the developing world and in, in the majority world. I start, I, I prefer to call an area that used to be called a secondary term because uh, yeah. there's more people there than there are in this quote unquote developed world that we live in. Whatever yeah. that quote, um, they wake up in the morning knowing they're on mission. They're on mission to survive sometimes. They're on mission. Yeah. Those, are, those that are followers of Christ are on mission to advance the gospel everywhere they go. And we need to get back to that in the Western church to where when we say mission trip, we, we're referring to 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. um 366 on the leap years and it sometimes we get on a plane to do that but more often than not we just walk out the front door it's just the people you live and do life with yeah and honestly Uh, if if we were to live in judgment with whatever friends i'm talking about or whoever you know might have younger kids or whatever relationship we're in nobody wants to be my friend if that's the way i act Nobody wants to be in a relationship with me if I'm like better at thinking I'm better or thinking I know how to raise their kids better than they do, or nobody wants to be in that relationship, you know, and I want to be in a relationship with people. So I want to watch, I want to learn. And then if, if advice is asked, if somebody asks, I'll give my thought, but Hey, in a humble way of like, this is something that worked for me. This is something that didn't work for me. This is what God says, you know? I love that because it's like I'm thinking of somebody I don't want to name them because I don't have permission, but I can share this story without naming them and you'll, you won't be able to figure them out. But I, as you all know, I'm in partnerships with people in our school district and in other places that are not connected directly to Eastlake and and are not in, and, and actually don't even know me as Pastor Rob. They know me more as Mr. Rob or Mr. Townsend. Um, I was on the phone with one of them earlier today, and I do not go into pastor mode with this person very often at all. I live Jesus in front of this person every day that I'm with them. But I, I smiled to myself in my car when they said to me, hey, I'm going to need you to shift into Pastor Rob mode for me. To my knowledge, this person not a believer, not regularly attending church anywhere. Mm. But it just made me smile. Not because it's like, wow, look at me. They called Pastor. No. 
I have never switched into Pastor Rob mode with this person one time without being invited into that, into that mm-hmm. position. It's been about the third or fourth time, but this was the biggest one. And they needed really big advice about life beyond the purview of what we're doing together in partnership. How did that happen? Day-to-day living, like they matter to me because they do. And my relationship with them is about knowing each other at a level when we can know those transitions are needed. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to live like with the people around us. Just love them so well that you don't have to be Jesus mode, you know, Philip or Pastor Philip or Pastor Ray or Jesus mode Ray. It's like that guy loves Jesus and I need some of whatever that Jesus has given him right now mm-hmm. because they see the wisdom. And that's if we start living like that, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, I got in trouble with somebody on this podcast last Sunday for broadcasting something that is far off. And and so I want to broadcast something else that is a little nearer. (laughs) Rob talked about how how we would live our lives in a particular way. And I'm going to tell you something. Perspectives is coming back in January of next year. And if anything helps you to live your life more focused and on mission, not about going on trips. It's about living your life on mission every day perspectives is what you want to engage because that this means for you every day you wake up you wake up to the calling that the lord has on your life and you engage it in the relationships that you establish everywhere you go Mm -hmm. and so let's talk about what philip and rob are both talking about Mm -hmm. so please stay tuned it's coming that's in January. This book, get this. And if you're, get this. I use this in sermon prep more than some of the other books in my in my library. Crazy. Get it. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, I, we don't have to stay on this very long at all because we just don't want to be political. But I'll just make this one statement that it's easy also as a country to, as American Americans, to think that everybody else needs to be like us, like that's a perfect example of what we're talking about that, oh, we need to just make these other people. And really, there might be things in those cultures. I mean, I grew up with kind of a Hispanic culture and family. And if you go meet families in Mexico, the families are so close and oftentimes more close than, and I feel the same way when we went to Belize. Um, And so there's things about other countries that Americans can learn too. But again, that goes back to the humility and realizing your own poverty, not this, hey, everybody, I got it figured out. That does nothing for anybody. So, and we get for being political. When I was on this trip in, in Europe with these students from our district, one of the comments I made early on that changed their thinking of the trip is they were using the word, well, they're doing it wrong. And, and, I, and I introduced the concept, different, not wrong. And, and, and there was actually that began to change the way they filtered what they were seeing in these other countries we were in. And we weren't on a mission trip. They were just like, they do it wrong here in, in Scotland. I'm like, no, they do it different here in Scotland. Mm-hmm. That's a perspective shift for us. And, and it changed. Now, are there people doing wrong things in the world? Absolutely. People are murdering people. People are sex trafficking people. That's wrong. The way you choose to do X, it's your way, not the wrong way. Yeah. So this... Um message what does this have to do with this was one of the questions we had talked about what does it have to do with 
um, paternalism. What is paternalism? Don't go too far. Don't go. I'm going to stop us. I'm going to stop us. I'm doing it on Sunday. That's why I don't want all the thunder to go. Tell, tell, no us, tell us what it is, Rob. Tell us what it is. What is paternalism? It's doing things for others that they could do for themselves with the motive of it being about you. That's the simple oh. definition. There's a lot long. I'm going to go into more detail on Sunday. But it's really, I'm doing something for you that you could be doing for yourself because I want to get the benefit of looking good doing it. Or sometimes because it's easier to just do it for them, but you're hurting them. For me, that's kids doing the dishes. They never do the dishes right. So sometimes one time has my kid done the dishes. <laughs> we just do the dishes ourselves because we're tired of it. It's like, nope, let them do the dishes, do it again, get it right. Yeah, so true. Yeah, I grew up in that household, Philip, that if we did it wrong, we have to do it again. And what we were told, if you do it right the first time, you save time. If you do it wrong, or if you do it quickly just to get it over with, you're going to waste time because I'm going to come behind you and see that you did it wrong and you'll have to do it all over again. Yep. That's what we do now. Sometimes they have to do it a couple times. Shortcuts are long cuts, except in math where they're a gift. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can't go into that one too much because Rob's going to preach on it. We don't want to steal his thunder here. No, we can, no. I, there'll be a lot. There'll be My whole message is about joining God where he's working, which if we do that properly, we will always avoid paternalism. Mm -hmm. If you're in that frame of mind, 100% of the time we'll miss it because God never sends us in there as the, as the guardians. We were talking about the guardians of the galaxy as the guardians and the saviors of these people that we're standing in front of. And these people, I don't mean that derogatory, like the people in front of us. He sends us in because he's already doing a work and we have a special gift set that we're supposed to impart to them and use for their benefit, not ours. Mm -hmm. And, 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 if we do that, we will not get paternalistic towards people. If we get caught up in ourselves, I like what you said in teaching team, Philip, if we get caught up in this pride of the, being about me, we mm -hmm. will go paternalism every time. Yep. I think 100%. So true. So, yeah. So let's, a couple more questions. One, two, three, four, maybe. Um, Ray, how was your birthday? It was, it was great. It was great? It was great. It was great. What'd you do? Oh, well, you know, man, it's a month long celebration. So there are things <laughs> happening even this week. So, you know, my wife is planning to take me out to a new restaurant in town. As soon as we can get reservations to this place, it's called Burn 99. Okay. Over off of Harvest in the new Korean barbecue and pot bo boiling pot place. Okay. Um, so we, we, we're, we're trying to get into there, but it's hard. Where is that? Um, in the old, I guess it would have been Chili's. Wow. Across from, um, what is that? Uh, um, Sonic. Yeah. Mm. It was a crab place for a while because remember they opened up three crab places within a mile of each other. I don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't going to last. Harbison had uh -huh. bad crabs for a Uh huh. That's fun. So, yeah, we got that going on, you know. We, we got an anniversary trip coming up. So this month, I mean, really, it's a month of celebration for us. God bless. I love it. I hung out so, with you on my birthday. I know you did. I was just thinking about that after you said that. Um, yeah. So here's a, here's a question, though. Why in the world did you preach on your birthday, Rob, Ray? That was an accident, number one. 
It was an accident. It was a miscalculation. Now, I know I make the schedule for the most part, but it was a miscalculation. And when it dawned on me, because my wife had asked me the Sunday before, she said, are, are you preaching that Sunday? I was like, no, I preach next Sunday. And she was like, on your birthday? And I was like, oh, that is it. And here's the deal. I wanted to give a gift to the congregation. And what better day than the gospel? Yeah. I like the that. gospel. I mean, that's that's really what this message was about. It was about wrestling with our privilege, our poverty, and the need for the gospel. Mm-hmm. I love that's it. That's really what it was about. Why? Um, well, and I think that's cool. I've I've I lead worship on my birthday every seven years or whatever. <laughs> Whenever it happens again. <laughs> right. I think my birthday every time it's fallen, I think, the more, the more I think about it. <laughs> what? That's just the way it's always I was looking back at some of that and I'm like, yeah. Hmm. It's fun. I to be gone and it didn't happen this year. So well, on my birthday, which is Friday, I plan on doing nothing. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm probably going to watch my grass get watered. I love to watch my sprinkler just go. Ch- 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 ch. There's nothing more relaxing and satisfying than that. That's when my kids say I'm in full dad mode. And that's probably about it. That's all I want. I don't even want to go out to eat. That is a pretty dad. Go to the movies. I might go to the movies if I can go during the day. I don't want to go at night when it's crowded. I won at one, and there were eight of us in the theater. I think you had six. Yeah. I had six at twelve thirty. Yeah, I'll go during the day, but my goal is not to go out and eat. Go together. We should have talked about that. I mean, we were in that parking lot. Yeah, we sure were. Yeah. Well, let me let me wrap us up with one more question, and this one has to do with the sermon. Um, why is it that when we use the word privilege, people get so triggered? Why? Ooh. Okay. And I'm going to eat some more keto crisps while you answer that. Why do I go first? Um, part of it is it's one of those words that's been hijacked, and 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 to, in people's defense, who get who get that word triggered, it has been used and bandered about as such a negative thing in a political context that a word that we used to as Christians be able to really wrap our heads around because we realized that the privilege that Jesus had was set aside becomes some political mess in our brains mm-hmm. because it has been weaponized in a way that I think is unhealthy. I think there should be nothing wrong with it with a Christian man, woman, or child dealing with that concept of privilege because after all, we serve a God and a Savior who gave up everything that he was entitled to for us and calls us to do the same, whether that's in the in the race relations area or the economic area or the gosh the marriage area between two spouses (laughs) you know but because it's been so politicized i think it just causes us to go to places where we feel like we're being attacked and i can tell you that none of us have ever preached about it with it being an attack Mm -hmm. or hey jesus laid aside his privilege let's follow the lead of our savior identify what we're areas where we have um privilege or advantage and set it down just like he did. Yeah. 
true. Yeah, you know, if 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 you just remove politics out of it, there's no argument. There's zero argument. We live in a country full of privileges, as well as poverty. If you are right hand dominant, you have right privilege. You most sure do. Things, most of the things that are, it. Most of the things that are made are made for you. That's just on that level. And so if it's if we can if we can embrace Rob used engage and embrace the reality that we live in a country that is mostly right privilege. Scissors, golf clubs, desks, that students sitting in, guitars, you, you name it. Flutes, I'm learning with my daughter right now. You name it. If if we can if we can acknowledge, embrace the fact that that exists, then why can't we take the small step that there might be other privileges that exist? And like I said on Sunday, we all have privilege and poverty, some more than others. The question is, what are you doing with it? If I have privilege, if I'm not utilizing it and leveraging it to help those without it, shame on me. If I have poverty, which I do, then that should keep me humble when it comes to developing relationships with all people. My marriage ain't perfect. So therefore, when I talk to a couple that's struggling, I need to remember how we struggle, when we've struggled, and how can I leverage that to help others that might be in a struggle. Mm -hmm. So if, if all of us would just accept the fact we have privilege and we have poverty, and Jesus has a purpose for both of them. And, and, put, and, right. wrap that, and wrap that with everything Ray said, better than I could have said it, and wrap that with the other part of what I said, the one who had the ultimate privilege calls us to lay down all of the privilege. Mm -hmm. That's what, when we become Christians, we are, we are saying to God, I will die to myself in every relationship I'm in now. Yeah. Yeah. It is a definite, if it triggers you, ask, ask why. I mean, I know just, just in the house I live in, it's a privilege. And so when somebody needs it, I try to let them use it. <laughs> it's a house. It could be a car. It could be anything. The house that he gave you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You gotta, you, you can never, um, never think it's you or yours. Yeah. You know what, Philip? This is, this is an, and, and I, I'm going to love saying this. For the people at Eastlake that I've gotten to witness since I moved here almost five years ago, Rob puts on an event twice, I think, a year where there's a family lake day. Many of the people that come to participate don't have boats or lake access. And you know what people do that have either a boat or lake access? They make them available to those families and those children to have an amazing day. That's utilizing their or your privilege to help others to experience something that for you is common. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just one example. Yep, that's very true. Thank you. I love, yeah. I love what you said because I was trying, trying to figure out a way to work this in before we close because uh, I've got to make it a little bit about me. Um, just kidding. Um, but just so you know, it was a year ago or five years ago um, tomorrow that I moved into the Bucks house to start my job at Eastlake. You said the link, and I was like, I, I pulled up my memories this morning, and the first thing I saw was, I go to sleep tonight in Louisville, Kentucky. Tomorrow, I sleep in Irmo for the first time as a resident of South Carolina. And, and so if it hadn't been for a family in our church, this is real, this is why it fits, offering me a bedroom while I was waiting to move into this house because I had a, a lag of time, um, I would not have been able to start at Eastlake when I did. I would have had to wait two more weeks before I could have come here. Um, and so that was a leveraging of position of a house of, of things they had to ensure that I could get here to start my ministry. Um, that's what, that's the kind of thing we're talking about when we say set aside your advantage or privilege, make it possible for God's plan to play out in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for us to think, well, I don't have anything, you know, I, I would love to do that if I had this or that, but you have, we all have things. We all have something, whether even if it's wisdom, it, you might have wisdom. That is a, it's a privilege because you've got life experience. You might've raised kids. You might've raised grandkids. Well, guess what? Your wisdom is a privilege. Other people wish they could have that much experience of living that much life. It's so good. So it's not a negative term. It's a positive thing. It's a good thing. Especially for Christians. Especially yeah, don't, don't be triggered by it. It's not meant to be like that at all. Um, well, this is good. I do think it's more fun with Michelle. We'll miss her a little bit, but she probably needs to lay some mulch or something in her garden. So, yeah. So anyways, we'll go ahead and sign off because we have to, but we love everybody and we'll see you on Sunday, Mother's Day. Sunday, Sunday. Hey. <laughs> East Lake Community Church is an intentional multicultural community empowered by the Holy Spirit. We passionately pursue a loving relationship with God and everyone Jesus was sent to die for here, near, and far.